thoughts going one direction and was even, even looking back at some notes specifically from a missions conference uh, that I was at in 2015. And uh, God just started putting a burning in my heart for, for some thoughts on, uh, I thought missions, but really just the local church again. So as we continue our discipleship, love to look with you this morning in Romans chapter number 15. And I'll, we'll turn there and we'll also be in Acts in just a few moments, Acts chapter 2. But I think that this even missions has a plays a part in it, but really just as a, as a whole, considering the local church and to continue on what we were looking at last week, I want to look this morning in Romans 15, verse number 25 and 26. We'll read these two verses and then we'll flip over to Acts chapter number 2. The Bible says, But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Now let us go over to Acts chapter number 2 for just a few moments. Acts chapter number 2. Verse number 41. We'll begin reading there. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had needed. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It's quite the different verses than what we saw in Romans 15. Very different verses in same church. Romans 15, here's the words being stated, being said, but now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. So then back in Acts 2, we just read about the founding of the church in Jerusalem. And 30 years later, 30 years later, they are needing help. They are needing contributions. They are considered poor by Paul he's having to uh, kind of uh, there's a there he's sticking off of, a, of one of his one of his ministry routes and he's having to go uh, help them because they're in a mess after 30 years now all the way back the founding at the day of Pentecost that's when the the, the New Testament church was founded and it grew into the church of Jerusalem and we find two very different stories I, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands today if we find two very different stories about the status of the church of Jerusalem. I'm afraid that we're seeing 
the kind of the, we're seeing the, the 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 truth of what's going on in some of the churches in our day. Churches that 30 years ago were serving God. Churches that 20 years ago were serving God. And they they eventually, over the years, they started to slack off and they started to to, to fail the Lord and they, their leadership wasn't where it needed to be and the, the, the teaching wasn't needed where it needed to be and the prayer wasn't needed where, where it needed to be and it was focused on, the church began to get focused on money. They began to get focused on, uh, on, on earthly things about what I'm wearing, what you're wearing, what you're doing, what I'm doing, what this sounds like, who, who we have singing, who we have preaching, who we have doing this, that, and the other. And 30 years later, 40 years later, we're starting to see, we're starting to reap what was sown all those years ago? Now, there's churches today, don't get me wrong, that 30 years ago they were on fire for God. But today they don't have, they don't have anything going for them because somewhere down the line something went wrong. That's exactly what happened with the church of Jerusalem. There were a few things that we'll find in just a moment, and there are a few things that happened in their life, in their, the life of that church and the growth of that church that were disconnects. They started to veer away and swerve away from what God intended. I believe that, that God, when he establishes a church, he has a vision. He, and he wants us to buy into that. He wants us to pray for that. He wants us to be a part of that. But it, require, it requires godly conduct by you and by me to be able to see that happen. That, that, that vision that he has. This church, 30 years later, they needed help. This church, 30 years later, they were in a mess. Now we find persecution came to their door. And I'd say as we were talking about before service, that's something on its way to us. The kind of mess going on and stuff that's been going on for the past, at least the past year, year and a half, two years, have really made it clear to me. But you see, there's been 20, 30 years of it building up to where we are today. Just the wicked mindset people have the ungodly attitudes that people have, the, the, the hopelessness in the church, the ungodliness in, in society, the way that, that we're seeing things go is, is very concerning. I mean, there are people, in, and as we talked about, we need to pray about people getting into positions and people that are being uh, rising to power and getting into different roles that affects you and me because, you know, I try to, I, I try to avoid, I, I'm off and on, but I try to avoid politics, but you can avoid things going on all you want, but eventually it comes to our doors. If we don't start standing up and speaking against some of this ungodliness, we're going to be in a mess in 20, 30 years. We're going to be messing a year the way it looks right now. But we've just got, we've got all this going on, and, and we see that this church of Jerusalem, they go from a winning church to a weak church. They go from a growing church to a grounded church. And they go from a strong church to a struggling church. It took three decades. If you think about it, that's not a long time. We're talking about how, how fast time flies. Three decades from now, how quick? How what will change about this church? What will change about the churches in our community? What will it look like for those that will still be here to deal with what's going on in three decades? If God doesn't come back, if the Lord doesn't come back, what will it look like in those years? I'm telling you, I believe right now. I believe that there's there's things that that we could certainly look at and say, you know what, we're a winning church right now. We're winning things. We, we have prayed about things and God's answered prayers. We've seen this church grow. We've seen people come and, and be with us. I believe right now we could say we're winning in the Lord. Right. But I'm telling you, don't take long to become a weak church. 
It don't take long for the wrong person to walk through the door and, 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 and the devil be able to use that person to cause derision and cause, cause division between us. Jerusalem faced it. That church faced it. They dealt with that. I'd say that we're a growing church. We, we, we see people come here, and it, and it was amazing how it seemed like around COVID, once, once COVID got started, it seemed like God started sending people to, to be with us, and we appreciate that. The time where everybody was down and out and everybody was, well, we're they're moping around and, and I, I heard a lot of things that, I seen a lot of good things, but I heard a lot of things that really concerned me about people's outlook about church. They seemed like they'd given up. God started growing us. God started sending people to us. That's a blessing. But it wouldn't take long for us to be grounded. It wouldn't take long for us to be stuck to where we couldn't do anything. Say that I, I feel strength in this church. I know if I, and I've said it before, if I come in here and I say, church, pray for something, I know it gets prayed for. And I hope you know when you mention something, it gets prayed for. Sincerely. That's a strong attribute of a church. But it wouldn't be long before we'd be struggling. Where, where did time go? What happened? Well, you find a few things that the church of Jerusalem faced. They faced persecution. And I'm telling you, I believe it's coming. We were talking about before service. I believe it is coming in a way we've never seen. And we're talking about bitterness and anger. Nelly, I'm, I'm going to need the help of the Lord when some of this stuff happens because I'm just, I'm, I don't know how I'll respond to some of this stuff. I might get locked up before anybody. I don't know. But it's coming. And it's, a, it's scary, but it's coming. They faced persecution, but they, they also faced just, just some, some backsliding, just some true backsliding. There's many examples throughout the book of Acts where you find even though the church had just been founded, even though they had just started, even though they had just started growing, even though people were getting saved, you find some, back, some backsliding in there. I think it's Acts chapter number 5. I was uh, reading a little bit. I'm not going to ask you to turn there. Yeah, Ananias and Sapphira. You know the story of Ananias and Sapphira? They lied about their tithes. God struck them dead, or one of them dead in the church. I can't remember the full story. Ananias, God struck him dead in the church house for lying. That wasn't long after chapter number two. God means business with his church. I don't believe there's any place in his church for a liar or a backbiter or something. God wants to fix that stuff. He wants to fix it. But as long as you got that in your heart, you're in the way. Let God fix it. Let God deal with that in your life. I don't want to see this church go from strong to struggling. I don't want to see it from growing to grounded. I don't want to see it go from winning to weak. And we need to be praying about the other churches around us. we got a special thing in this community. There are not many places around where pastors and churches get along the way they do in our area. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, you drive right down the road, and I could about name five to ten churches that they couldn't get along to save them. That's not what we need. That's not what we want. We need to be a winning church. We need to be a growing church. We need to be a strong church. But it requires our conduct to reflect Christ for that to happen. Now let's look at the church of Jerusalem here in Acts 2. There's a few things about them that we see that I, I think we could find in ourselves but I think we could strive to be better at. 
Verse 41, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's mind-blowing. Now, I've been, to, I've been to meetings where if you want to get saved five times, you can. Because there's some preacher wants to tell some other preacher how many people got saved at their meeting. It's the most ungodly thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's, it's messed up. But I'm telling you, these are 3,000 genuine conversions. That's amazing. Say, how do you know they're genuine? They're written in God's word. That's why they're genuine. I don't believe half the stuff I see out there, but I'm telling you, when there's, there's a genuine conversion going on, you can see it and you can feel it if you're a Christian. This church was a multiplying church. Obviously and evidently they were doing something right. They get, gladly received his, they, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. We would dry up Laurel baptizing 3,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Wouldn't that be amazing? We may never see 3,000, but I tell you what, one person's worth it all. We need to be a multiplying church. We went to uh, West Virginia a few years ago with my wife's, her mother, the church her mother attends. We went with them. We went up there, and that was the second or third trip we'd taken. And I just have a heart for that place. And things had been beginning to improve there. First time we went there, I'm telling you, it was dreary, wasn't it? People that saw it, it was dreary. It was bad. People, holes in their roofs and didn't have anywhere to live. and I mean, you just you just see some bad stuff. And I, don't get me wrong, there's stuff right here going on like that. Don't get me wrong. But it was, it was, it was some bad stuff. But things had begun to improve. The economy had been beginning to pick back up. Some of the coal mines were reopened. And there was a different atmosphere the last time we went. And I thought about halfway through, Lord, these people don't need us anymore. We're coming up here and feeding them and preaching to them and Half of them I talked to the first time I went up there, they were lost as a ball in high grass. Now they're saved. They're involved in church. They're back in work. God's giving them money. They're building little houses and having little homes. And they're happy and they're 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 just doing good. God, why? Why? You know, I was praying in the middle of this. Why? You know, what's what's the purpose? Little girl, I think 12, 13 years old, we took with us. She went to the altar and got saved. Hey, that one person's worth it. And somebody made the statement before they left. They, they said, I'd drive all the way to Alaska just to see one person get saved. That's the power of a multiplying church. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, it's important that you do because we want to see that kind of growth. For us to know that we're doing the right thing as a church. We want to see that the family of Christ is multiplying. We want to see that it's growing. Jerusalem had been seeing that. Then you find in verse 42 that they were a maturing church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They spent time together. We don't just come to Sunday school. We don't just come to preaching service for nothing. It's to mature. I want to grow in the Lord. I tell you what, it's, if we're not careful, I, there are certain things in this world, you talk to me and you'd, you'd probably get offended because I think I know it all about it. And don't get too cocky because you, you know you have stuff like that too. <laughs> but you know, we all have things we're interested in. We all have things that you have things you know more than me. I have things I know a little bit about. I won't say I know more than anybody, but 
The thing is, we all have things we know about. We think we have things we understand, but I will I will guarantee you, you can study the Word of God every day, you can pray every day, you can do everything you want. You will never know everything about this book. And when you realize that, it'll humble you about everything you know because you realize how small we really are in this world. I can't, the, the, we can't count the blessings of God. We can't count, understand the knowledge of God. We can't comprehend the word of, words of God. That humbles me to think about that. So I want to mature. I don't want to just wing it till I get to the other side. I want to grow. And that's what Jerusalem was doing. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. I was talking to somebody this week. He hadn't been to church for seven or eight months until, well, it had been seven or eight months since COVID started that he had been to church. And he just said, I've been in the darkest place I've ever been. And I thought right there, that verse we need to be, we're, we're here to learn. We're here to grow, all of us. We're here to mature in the Lord. That's what Jerusalem was doing in these days. Verse 43, they were a miracle church. It says, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. They were a miracle church. God used the people within that church to do amazing things. I'd like for people to say, you know what? I, I, you know, I, I brag on our prayer. I brag on that. But I would love for other people to say, you know what? That's a praying church right there. That's a genuine church. More than anything, I would love for people to look and say, you know what? Those are some real people right there. That was this church. They were a miracle church. God used them mightily. Verse 44, it says, And all that believed to, were together and, they, and had things common and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They were a money church. God put the right people in the right places and put the right things on their heart. And they had access to be able to share with their community and their area around them. We mentioned that this morning. I appreciate you, Lucille, mentioning that kind of stuff. About that family needing help. I mean, I don't... I don't always see all, all every need. Y'all don't always see every need. We have to work together to see those needs. We've got to work together and pray that God put that in front of us. I want to see people get help. One of the biggest problems, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. People like to say money is the, the, the root of all, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I'd say one of the greatest disconnects in the church in our country, we're so blessed as a nation. We have storehouses upon store. You, know, you realize there is more money in this room together. I don't, I don't have a lot of money, but there is more money in this room put together than, than probably all of our family has ever had combined years. And if you look back through the years, we're so blessed in this world we live in today. But there are a lot of churches that they just store it up and they just stockpile it up and they just lock it up and they don't want anybody touching it. I mean, it takes a roof leak to get any money out of anybody. We shouldn't be that way. I don't believe we're that way. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, there's churches that are that way. Greedy in the church. That's not Jerusalem in these days. They were a money church. They were willing to give. There was people selling what they had. Now, you pray about that. I'm not telling you go sell anything you got. Pray about it. Just disclosure there. You pray about that. What, what, God, what does God want me to do? I will guarantee you God doesn't want us to store it up and set on it. 
God wants us to share with our community. God wants us to build each other up. God wants us to help those in need. That's what this church at Jerusalem was doing. They were a money church for the right reason. Verse 46, it says, and they, continued, continue, and they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. They were a meeting church. They believed in being together. But 30 years later, you find in Romans. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. When 30 years later they needed help. I'm not saying I won't ever need help. I'm just saying that there are some obvious things that you'll find throughout the book of Acts that there were disconnects. There were issues. There were things that I'm sure came back to light. There were two mistakes that I believe they made and I believe churches in the world today are making. I believe over that 30 years they exchanged their commission for comfort. We all have a commission. We, we all have that. And it wasn't one chapter before where we just read that that great commission was given to these apostles. And he says in verse 8 of chapter 1, But ye shall receive power after that. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That was the great commission. I believe they exchanged that for comfort. You find that in verse 5 with Ananias, or chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira that I mentioned. They were wanting to be built up in the church. They wanted people to look at them and, oh, look at Ananias and Sapphira. They got so much money. They got so much prestige. They got so much power. Look at them. When we start exchanging this great commission for comfort, that's where we get in trouble. We got to make sure that my, my thing is, and I heard a pastor say this one time, as he was talking about his, his service to his church. He said, I want to make sure that I, can, I, don't, I don't have blinders on, only looking at this church. He lived in a community, and he served and pastored in a community that was rough. I mean rough, gang violence, constant shootings, murder going on right around him. And he said, when I started here, he said, all I could see was the church. He said, that's all we could focus on was, was building this church, building this up. And he said, there's people killing each other right across the street. He said, that commission comes first. Let's help the church, but let's help the people out there that's hurting. Let's not exchange our commission for comfort. This is one that will get, get people going these days, but they exchange soul winning for social work. You know, we, we think we can talk through everything in the world we live in. There's some things we just can't talk through. We've got to let God handle. And soul winning sometimes is one of those things. Sometimes we just have to be here, be in our seat, pray, do what we got to do. But there are times that we're asked to be out and, and soul win. I, and I pray, Lord, let me come across somebody. Let me come across somebody that I might be able to, to share the gospel with this week. And sometimes I can't 
I can't help them. Sometimes I can't fix their problem. But I can certainly share the gospel with them. But I'm afraid that this church, and I'm afraid churches today, we get caught up in trying to fix stuff for people. Well, I'm, I, you feel this way or you feel that way or you hurt. Let God fix things going on with people. Let's try to be there for them. But let's, we're not here to, 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 to try to solve the issues everybody's dealing with. We're just here to point them to the right, in the right direction. They, they exchange soul winning for social work. Just world we live in, people would rather just sit down and try to, even churches would rather just sit down and try to talk you through your problems and what, what can, what, how you can fix them rather than saying, God can handle that. We've got to make sure that we're pointing people in the right direction. I don't have any answers that can fix anybody's problem in the world. But I know a man that does. And nine times out of ten, if you say, well, how did you deal with this in your life? How did you handle that bitterness that we were talking about? How did you deal with that? How did you fix that, that hardness in your heart, Josh? Well, I, you know what? I just really deeply looked at myself and just tried to find what it was inside that was wrong and just threw it out and threw it out in the street. And you know what? I, I overcame that because I looked deeply at myself. That is hogwash. I went to the cross. God, I need you to take this hardness out of my heart. I need you to get rid of this bitterness. This whole mindset of today is search your feelings, search all this, search yourself, search all that. You will get lost so quick you won't know where you're going. Search the scriptures. That will fix any problem you have. And you know what? The next go around, you'll realize rather than trying to, trying to think through all this stuff in my life, rather than trying to figure it out on my own, let's lean on the Lord. People think, my mom's a social work, worker. I believe in what they do but they want to send them they want to send them to to people's houses to talk through that domestic abuse they want to send them to somebody's house to talk through drug addiction they want to send them to somebody's house to talk through murder it's not a place for it you do that kind of stuff you need the law you know what when I get out of and, and I promise this I believe this applies I don't need no offense, Mom. I don't need social work when I'm wrong. I need the law. I need God's Word. I might need to sit in jail for a night and think about myself, think about my decisions. We can't get through this life, and as a church, we need to be bold with God's Word because tiptoeing around everything is not going to get us anywhere. We've got to stand on the truth of God's Word. I believe those are some things, certainly, we can see in the church of Jerusalem that caused them to fail. You go over there today and and Jerusalem itself is so divided. It's mind-blowing between the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians. And what you find amongst all, almost pretty much most of all three of those groups is idolatry. And the Christians are about the worst group over there. This is the, this is the place, this is the burial. They believe that this is the tomb of Christ. If you'll pay us $30, you can go see it. This is a piece of bark off the cross of Calvary. For three installments of $59.99, you can take one home with you. Probably made in Honduras. Unfortunately, still today, some of those disconnects are still lingering around. The decisions we make today, 30 years, 300 years, 3,000 years today, still, they still stand. We've got to make sure we're making the right decisions. I don't know if that made any sense to you, but God helped me with it this week.
wonder if anyone would have anything on their heart this morning.